0: Well, hello. Uh, welcome to Dorsville uh, Baptist Church. Uh, my name is Jeremy Bennett, for those of you who have no clue uh, who I am. Uh, and I will be filling in for our senior pastor, Brother Dwayne. Uh, he is on vacation uh, with his family, uh, hopefully getting a lot of rest. Uh, but I want to say a special welcome uh, today uh, to those who are watching by Facebook or on YouTube, uh, it's good to have you. Thank you for tuning in to Dorsville. and also a special thank you and welcome to those on WBQ. Thank you to WBQ for allowing us uh, to be able to preach the Word of God first and foremost, and thank you to those who are listening uh, today on the radio. It is truly a privilege. Uh, to be able to share the Word of God. All over the nation, all over the, well, not the nation, but the world, um, people are being persecuted uh, because of the Word of God. And they're not able to uh, share it as freely as we can uh, here in our nation. And, and so it truly is a privilege today for me uh, to be able to share uh, a message from the Word. And uh, as you already know, uh, we are in a three-week series that Dwayne has titled SpaceX, X. Um, and it is about three incredible stories and one incredible Savior. Uh, and in case you missed it in the video, I want to read a portion of what it said. These are the journeys. These are the journeys of Jesus Christ, the creator and king of the universe. His three-year mission to change um, the hearts of men to seek out those who are lost and broken. So, last week, Brother Brent, he brought a great message on Zacchaeus. I had not heard a message on Zacchaeus in a long time, and man, it was really good. I appreciate uh, how you put it together and how you delivered it. And uh, that message was all about how Jesus has come to seek and to save those who are lost. And it was a great message, And, and today, I get to share... A uh, a message on one of the greatest miracles that Jesus ever performed during his three years of ministry. It was such a great miracle that it is one of only two miracles recorded uh, in all four Gospels. That is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it is the feeding of the 5,000. Now, Brother Dwayne, he, when he asked me to do this, he says, I've even got the scripture for you. He says, you're going to like it. He said, because you like to do this, it's on feeding people. And I'm like, okay. And um, I already had a message in plan, though. He had already asked me. And anyway, I had to kind of merge, uh, bring those two messages together. Uh, but anyway, it, it's he, he knows I like to feed people. It's my job. It's what I do for a living. Uh, But it's way more fun to feed people when you're giving the food away. And uh, so uh, this is an awesome miracle that took place, and uh, I'm glad that I get to share it with you all today. And just so you know, the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle, of course, is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is recorded in all four books, all four Gospels as well. That's the other uh, miracle. So I want to get you up to the actual miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus, at this point, he is well into his ministry. Okay, He has been teaching about the kingdom of God. Um, And he has been performing. He has uh, been doing uh, many miracles, uh, signs and wonders up to this point. And some of those uh, miracles that he has already performed is like the, the girl that was restored. She was near death and she was restored to health. Or a woman that had a bleeding issue and she was healed a man from a skin disease had a skin disease and he was cleansed a paralytic was healed a widow's son was raised to life even the eyes of the blind were opened and jesus drove out demons he turned water to wine and many 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 more miracles Jesus had performed already before we even get to the feeding of the 5,000. He had commissioned the 12 disciples, giving them uh, the power to drive out demons and power to heal disease. And it said uh, in the word that then he sent them out to proclaim uh, the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So this was all taking place before the feeding of the 5,000. And then right before the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, it's recorded that John the Baptist was beheaded. He was beheaded, and it said that the disciples got word of it and buried his body. And then they went and reported to Jesus all that they had done and taught. And that is where we pick up today's message. Uh, in Matthew, and I'm, listen, this is in all four Gospels. And I'll just tell you, I'm using scripture from all four books uh, today, so I'm going to be all over the place. Might be hard for you to follow. But in Matthew chapter 14, verse 13, this is what it says When Jesus heard about it, he withdrew from there by boat to a remote place to be alone. So when Jesus, when the disciples had reported to Jesus all that they had been doing, uh, the miracles that they had performed, because he gave them power to, uh, they came back and reported all that they had been doing, and they reported to him that they had just gotten news of the beheading of John the Baptist. And, And so they took the corpse, they took the body, and they placed it in a tomb. So they get to Jesus, and they report to Jesus all that they have been doing. And so it says when Jesus heard about it, he withdrew from there uh, by boat to a remote place to be alone. And so when I read that, I got to thinking this shows Jesus' human side. We know him to be fully God and fully man. And so when he got the news of John the Baptist, he, he was, uh, it was upsetting to him. And, and so I think this shows Jesus' human side. He just uh, got some upsetting news, and he needed to get away. I don't know how you all are, but when I have something come into my life that's hard, a difficult situation, bad news, whatever it may be, sometimes I just got to get in the truck, and get out there on a gravel road and find me a good place to park and just have some time with God. And that's what Jesus was wanting to do. He was wanting to have a little time with his heavenly Father. So in Mark chapter 6, verses 31 through 33, this is what it says. Jesus, talking to the disciples, he says, Come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. And it says, for many people were coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they went away by boat, by themselves, to a remote place, but many, it says, but many saw them leaving and recognized them. And it says that people ran there by land from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. So Jesus is telling the disciples, come away by yourselves and rest for a while. They had just gotten back and was reporting all that uh, they had done. And Jesus knew that they were tired. And it says there that many people were coming and going, so so many so that uh, they didn't even have time to eat, it says. So it says they got in the boat. They got in a boat to go to be by themselves with Jesus. But here's the deal. There would be no alone time. Other than the boat ride, they was not going to have a whole lot of uh, alone time or time to have a conversation with the Father. Because the crowd noticed that they had left that region the crowd noticed and they and they found out about it and it says that they began to follow them they were walking by land and and it says that some even ran so they could arrive ahead of them so they could get there before Jesus got there they ran the people you see are running because they were attracted to Jesus. They were interested in what he was teaching. All that good stuff about the kingdom of God. And he had been healing and performing all sorts of miracles, and so they were interested in what Jesus had to offer. In Mark chapter 6, verse 34, it says this. So as he, Jesus, stepped ashore, he saw a huge crowd. And it says, and had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And then he began to teach them many things. When Jesus saw the huge crowd, it says that he had compassion. Compassion, the definition is sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. When Jesus saw this huge crowd, he had compassion. He had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. They were lost. And Jesus had compassion for them. Why? Because he loved them. He saw this huge multitude of people and instantly had compassion for them because of his love for them. And he knew. Jesus looked at him and he knew He knew that they was weary and worn out. And he he knew that many in that group, that their life has been hard. And Jesus being fully God, fully man and fully God, Jesus being fully God knows everything about every person in that group. You are going to hear the numbers a little bit later, but you need to hear right now that Jesus knew everything about everybody in that group. He knows their name. He knows their sickness. He knows their sins. He knows their heart knows their mind. Jesus knows all about their past. He knows their present. And Jesus knows their future. And here's the deal. He sees this crowd. He sees this huge crowd. He knows everything about them. And he has compassion. He knows everything about them. And he loves them anyway. He knows their sin. He knows what they've done. Guys, how much better would our world be? How much better would our world be, how much better would our nation be if we could learn to have this kind of compassion and love? I'm telling you, This is huge. And there are so many lessons inside this uh, miracle of feeding the 5,000. You can just teach on all kinds of them. But this is one that we don't need to run past. We need to learn to have the same kind of compassion that Jesus has. As Christ followers, we are to be uh, becoming, as we grow in our relationship with him, as we get older, we are supposed to be more like him. So, when we see the multitude, when we go to Walmart and we get behind some people in the checkout lane, you know, that are kind of driving you nuts, we're supposed to have compassion. We're supposed to love them. If they don't look like you, if their skin color is different, if they smell bad, uh, as Christians we have compassion, or we're supposed to. In John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, a new command I give you, Jesus says, that you love one another, how, just as I have loved you. Do you know how much Jesus loves you? Well, it's a bunch. That proves it. He loves us so much, and that's the way we're supposed to love. The way he loves us is the way we're supposed to love others. So, Jesus sees this crowd. He sees this multitude, and he knows every one of them and everything about them, and he has compassion. And then in Luke Chapter 9, verse 11, this is what it says. When the crowds found out, they followed him. And Jesus welcomed them. He spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And it says, and he cured those who needed healing. I made a side note there. Jesus went to work. As soon as he stepped ashore, he saw the crowd and he had compassion because he loved them and he went to work. He started uh, preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and he started healing every person who needed it. In verse 12, it says, Late in the day, late in the day, the twelve disciples approached Jesus. They approached Jesus and said to him, send the crowd away so they can go into the surrounding village and countryside to find food and lodging because we are in a deserted place here. So it's late in the day, and Jesus has performed already all kinds of miracles. We haven't even got to the fish and bread. And he's performed all kinds of miracles by healing their sick. And listen, he has tirelessly been teaching about the kingdom of God and his, God's love for them. He's been teaching. Non stop from the time he stepped out of that boat onto the shore. And then the twelve disciples they approached Jesus and said, Send the crowd away. Send the crowd away. They're hungry. They need to find a place to lay their head. I've got a big what with a question mark. What? Send them away. Jesus says in Matthew 14, 16, they don't need to go away. They don't need to go away, Jesus told them. He says, you give them something to eat. You see, Jesus, he had the attention of the crowd. The last thing he needed to do was send them away. He's teaching about the kingdom of God. He's seizing every opportunity to heal the sick. He is revealing who He is to this multitude. And the disciples come along and they say, Jesus, send them away. Why would the disciples tell Jesus to send the crowd away? Were they tired? Remember what Jesus said? Come away. Come away with me uh, to a a a place and get some rest. Were they tired? Probably. How about this? Were they hungry? Do you remember what it said in Mark chapter 6, verse 31? For many people were coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Yeah, they are probably hungry. You see, I think the disciples come to Jesus and say, Jesus, late. Send this crowd away. I think the disciples are thinking about themselves. I think they're thinking about themselves and I think they're thinking about their own hunger. They are worn out and guys, that's a good place for me to say, it is not easy being a Christ follower. And these guys were experiencing that. And I think for a moment, for just a short moment, the disciples forgot what they were supposed to be doing. That is, following Jesus' lead. And I think that happens to you and to me sometimes as well, as followers. I think sometimes we forget what we're supposed to be doing. So Jesus said... They don't need to go away, and and you need to feed them. What Jesus is saying is, you need to meet their need. And I love this because Jesus is fixing to teach the disciples a lesson, and he's going to teach us one today too. In John chapter 6, verses 5 and 7, it says, therefore, when Jesus looked up When Jesus looked up and noticed the huge crowd, he asked Philip, one of the disciples, where will we uh, buy bread so these people can eat? It says in verse 6 that he asked this to test him. Uh, For he himself knew, Jesus knew what he was going to do. And it says in verse 7 that Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each of them to have just a little. So Jesus asked where Philip, and I've read that he asked Philip, and it's probably the reason he asked him was because he was from that region. You know, where can we buy food? Where can we buy bread for this, this crowd? Well, Philip answered, you know, 200 denarii, which was a lot of money back then, I guess. Wouldn't even be enough to buy enough bread so they could each have a piece. This crowd is huge. And then in Mark chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus then says, or asked them, Well, how many loaves do you have? How many loaves do you have? Go and look, he says. Go and look. And and so uh, he told the disciples, Go and look around the crowd. Go and look around this crowd and see what you can come up with. And then in John chapter 6, verses 8 and 9, one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to Jesus, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they? What can we do with that? So what will that do? So you need to understand at this point, Jesus has been told by the disciples they need to send the crowd away, and Jesus says, no, 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 they don't need to leave, but rather you need to feed them. And then Jesus asks them, what do we have? What can you come up with? So they come up with the five loaves and two fish that this boy has. And so at this point... Uh, They know that the five loaves and the two fish will not even begin to fill one of these men probably. Well, the five loaves might, but the two fish probably not. But anyway, at this point, the disciples had to be thinking there is no way. There is no way we can feed them. This is impossible. It's just not going to happen. You see, again, I think the disciples forgot something. I think they forgot who they were with. Uh, The miracle worker. The miracle maker. Back in John chapter 6, verse 5, you know, Jesus asked Philip, where will we, where will we, we got to hang on to that word we, where will we buy bread? to feed the crowd. You see, Jesus was indicating when he said, where will we? He was indicating that he was part of the feeding team. In fact, he was the head cook. I just had to throw that in. He was the head cook. And and here's the thing. There's two recipes for this miracle. The first recipe is this five loaves plus two fish plus 12 disciples is impossible they wouldn't they, they had no way there's no way the disciples could feed the multitude but the next recipe is this five loaves plus two fish plus 12 disciples, plus Jesus, it becomes possible. Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26, with men, this is impossible. He's talking about something else here, but it certainly applies. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. John chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Then Jesus, he said, Have the people sit down. And it says there that there was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. And it says that the men numbered about 5,000. That's where we get that feeding, the 5,000. Jesus said them to or had them to sit down and it says in groups of 50s and hundreds that's what Mark records in his version that they set these people down in groups of 50s and groups of 100. And in Matthew chapter 14 verse 21 it says that there were 5000 men there besides women and children. This group of people is huge. I have read up on it, and some say 10,000. By the time you factor in the women and children, some say 15,000. And something I read the other day, two versions said uh, that it could have been as many as 20,000 people. Now, this is a big deal. That's the reason it's recorded in all four Gospels. This is huge. And uh, so Jesus had them sit down. And then in John chapter 6, verse 11, it says, Jesus took the loaves, and after giving thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also with the fish as much as they wanted. Jesus took the loaves and two fish. Now, we've got to pause there, and I've got to be a little bit quicker here. Uh, We've got to pause for just a minute because it sounds like Jesus takes the loaves, reaches down, and takes the loaves and the two fish from the boy. That's what it sounds like. Or that's what it sounded like to me. But that is not at all what happened. The boy freely gave the boy freely gave the five loaves and the two fish to Jesus and don't miss this he gave he uh, don't miss that he freely gave all he had he didn't say I'll give you two he said no you can have it all Jesus. The boy could have ran off when the disciples approached and said, "Uh Uh-uh, you're not getting my bread and fish. I've worked all day to try to get these two fish. And you know, I've been begging for hours to try to get these loaves of bread. The boy could have ran off, but he didn't. And you know why I think, it's not in the Word, but I think the boy has been following Jesus for a while. I think the boy has heard Jesus teach on loving thy neighbor. I think the boy has heard Jesus teach on giving your all to God. And listen, church. Listen. When you freely give all you have to the Lord, when you freely give all you have to the Lord, when you fully commit, when you fully give, amazing things happen. I've been able to experience that myself. Not because I'm giving all, but because I'm giving a little more. And I'm beginning to see what God does with that. Amazing things happen when you fully commit, when you fully give to the Lord. So after the boy gives all that he has to Jesus, Jesus takes the loaves and he takes the two fish and he, he looks to heaven. And he thanks God. He thanks God. Jesus takes the loaves. Five loaves. And two fish. And he stops. And thank God for what little they had. And when we thank God for what we have been given, God blesses it. God blesses it and he multiplies it. After giving thanks, Jesus then began to break the bread. And he just continued. To break the bread. And he just continued to break the bread. And and he just kept breaking the bread. And and the same thing happened with the fish. He would just continue to fill basket after basket with the fish. I told Tim Dartery the other day. I said, you know, I would have been about 2,000 pieces into breaking that bread. And said, all right, somebody else is going to have to take over. My forearms are killing me. Not Jesus. You know Why? because he was committed to meeting the needs of the crowd. He wasn't stopping. He was going to break bread until all 10,000, all 15,000, all 20,000, however many were there, were full. He had the disciples take all the bread and the fish around and it says they ate as much as they wanted. And somewhere... Between ten and 20,000 people ate from five loaves and two small fish. And in John chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, it says, When they were full, Jesus told his disciples, Collect the leftovers so that nothing was wasted. So they collected them and filled 12 baskets, with the pieces from the five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. They filled 12 baskets with the leftover pieces. I put here on my notes that's the way it is when you fully commit to Jesus. You have all you need. Your belly's full. Plus... You get some extras. You have leftovers. And I believe, it doesn't say it in the word, but I believe this happened. I believe Jesus turned to the boy who gave all five loaves and two fish. I believe Jesus turned to him and gave him an abundance of leftovers to take home. Not only was the boy's belly full, but Jesus sent him home with leftovers. Don't you love that? That's how Jesus gives. That's how Jesus gives. And that's how Jesus loves. He pours it out. And the result of Jesus' love that day is in John chapter 6 verse 14. It says, when the people saw the sign he had done. When the people witnessed this miracle. It says, uh, they said, this really is the prophet who has come into the world. John chapter 6 says, 14 says, that many people in the crowd that day, not all of them, but many in the crowd that day, came to believe in who he said he was. After seeing this sign, after seeing this miracle. They said, this really is the one who is to come. You see, Jesus performed many signs and wonders during his three years of ministry. And he did that so that people would come to believe in him and the one who sent him. That day, Jesus was first, uh, Jesus was first and foremost committed to the Father's uh, will. Jesus was first and foremost committed to his Father and doing his will. In John chapter 6, verse 38, the very next day after this miracle, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And Jesus was also committed to the crowd he was committed to the crowd, having compassion for them, meeting their needs, teaching about the kingdom, all because he loved them. You see, through this miracle, through this miracle of feeding this multitude with just five bread, five loaves of bread and two fish, Jesus was teaching the greatest commands by doing In Matthew 22, verses 36 through 39, it says, Jesus was asked a question. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, Jesus responded to the man, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the most important command. And Jesus says in the second, is like it. To love your neighbor as yourself. Simply put, Brent mentioned it last week in his message, simply put, love God, love people. That's what Jesus was doing that day. He was putting God first in his will, loving him And he was loving the people. Jesus was committed to God, and he was committed to the people that day. And I can tell you, I can stand here today and boldly tell you this, Jesus is committed to you too. He is committed to you too. And committed, the definition there is a feeling of dedication and loyalty to a cause, activity, or job. And this part I love wholeheartedly dedicated. Jesus was wholeheartedly dedicated to his Father, and he was wholeheartedly dedicated to the crowd, the people, and he is wholeheartedly dedicated to you. And that, right there, proves it. That's how much Jesus is dedicated to you and to me. So much so that he went to a cross, to die for us and our sins. Romans 5, 8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus was committed all the way to the cross for you and for me. Will you commit to him? Will you give him all that you have? boy gave all he had will you give him all you have, and will you give him your whole heart today and when you give when you give all you have to jesus i love this when you give all you have to jesus he takes it and he performs miracles with it don't you love that are you willing to give all you have to Jesus today? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this opportunity to be able to share uh, one of the great, about one of the greatest miracles that Jesus ever performed. And Father, we thank you for the lessons that we learn from it. And Father, a greater than that miracle is the miracle of your son sent here to save us from our sins. And Father, we just pray that if there's anyone here that doesn't know, anyone watching today that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, that today they they make that decision to do so. Father, we pray that you lead us and guide us through the rest of this day and uh, be with those who may uh, make a decision today. And Father, help us to fully commit our lives to serving It's in Jesus' most precious name I pray.